Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you guys had a fabulous week. I had a very busy week. I'm really excited to update you on all of the behind the scenes stuff that's been going on. I'll have to do that another day. But one of those things that I want you to know is if you were interested in coming to the clinic that I'm hosting this Sunday, October 16th in Puss Lynch, Ontario at a luxury facility, it is going to be epic. I only have one more participant space left. If you had thought about it, if it was crossing your mind this week after listening to last week's episode, please DM me so we can get you in. It is not only going to be obviously a private lesson with myself, but you're going to get complimentary MagnaWave for horse and rider. We are doing nutrition analysis for the horses and also rider nutrition. We're doing a farm to table lunch, meal prepping, treating yourself like an athlete. We're also doing, um, God, there's so much stuff. We have a mobile shop coming if you want to look at some apparel while you're there. And we're also going to um, have swag bags for all the participants filled with stuff from brands and businesses that I work with regularly, lots of samples, lots of goodies and exclusive discounts and all of the things, resources for you and your horse to make sure that when you walk away from Sunday, you're getting literally everything you could get out of this experience. So I'm so excited to be hosting this and meeting a bunch of you guys in person. There's auditor spaces left. If you want to come along and watch, you want to talk to the people there, network with other collaborators, please make sure you reach out because we have a little bit of space for auditors left as well. And I will leave it at that. Today's episode I had with Sarah Long. She's from Ontario, obviously. Many of you guys probably have heard the name before. She talked about her junior career and coming up and the transition from being a junior to an amateur and then a professional. She worked for Mark Hayes at Castrol Farms, and then she eventually went on to start her own business. And I believe she mentioned she has about 12 horses on her roster right now. She's been busy competing all summer. I thought she'd be a perfect person to talk to um, about her journey in the industry. And we talked about so many different things, management, operations, the business side, but also the side of the rider and all of the things that she's doing really, um, even burnout and some of the interesting topics that come up when you are going through this experience as a young person. So if you guys are interested in hearing more about what she's doing, following her, reaching out to her, I will leave all of Sarah's information in the show notes. Make sure you let her know that you listen to this podcast and I will let you guys get into it. Welcome to the Spring in Equestrian podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Parr, and this is the place to be for all things equestrian lifestyle, horses, entrepreneurship, and inspiration for all of your equestrian endeavors. I'm here to get your insider's addition to what it's really like having a business or career in the equestrian industry and find out how people balance their passion and their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here with me, so come along for the ride. If you guys haven't already heard, Mad Barn is my absolute favorite place to get supplements for my horses, not only because the supplements actually work and they're really palatable for the horses, but because they deliver right to my door. It's so easy. Um, Mad Barn also has been doing amazing things in the equine community. Currently, they have some research going on at the University of Guelph to better understand how nutrition impacts the health of our horses. They're always looking to develop technology and feeding solutions and 
always providing education and support for horse owners and the broader equine community. If you guys want to go to their website and look at all of the products that they have or get a free nutritional analysis for your horse's diet, you can visit it at www.madbarn.ca. And if you're shopping, you can use the code SPRINGANEC for 5% off your order. If you're an equestrian looking for a position within the industry, or you have a facility or a business and you're looking to hire, then look no further and visit www.hotec.com. Hote Equestrian is your modern source for equestrian jobs. They are empowering equestrian businesses and enthusiasts through accessible and high quality services and products. On their website, you can look through their recruitment services, business management services, and their essentials boutique. You can also see their featured horse jobs and featured candidates and visit them at Hotec on Instagram. Did you know that Hote is based out of Guelph, Ontario, founded by an equestrian, and they have 250 job seekers registered, plus 64 businesses registered on their platform. Make sure you check them out and look at all their free resources and their free business directory on the website. So I started riding very young. I was about five or six years old and my cousin actually had her own horse and my mom would take me up and we would do pony circles and you know I learned how to post trot and I was teeny teeny tiny and I really enjoyed it so as I got older I was probably you know between eight nine I started doing the whole summer camp thing I was actually York Equestrian where I started doing camps and one week turned into two and two weeks turned into three until it was like a whole summer type of thing. Then as I got older, I wanted to start doing more. Can I start doing lessons into the fall and into the school year? And then it was one, one lesson a week and then it turned into two lessons a week. And you know how they do those packages and they get you, okay, you can do four lessons a week for the same price as three. So I really ended up um, being quite the barn rat as a, young, as a young kid as well. So camps then uh, transitioned into weekly lessons and then from the lesson program, they always want you to start doing the in-house schooling shows. Come on the weekend, come do a schooling show. You can get a ribbon. It's really fun. You can hang out with all your friends. And then the schooling shows ended up turning into the Trillium circuit. So that's kind of where I, you know, took my lessons more into the showing world. So I had a I had a pony that I showed on the Trillium circuit. And then right from ponies, I was right into the jumper ring. It didn't take much for me to transition into the jumper ring. So I did Trillium for a few years. And then once I got up to the meter 10 level on the Trillium circuit, I went to the A's and started doing my equitation and getting really into the fundamentals of riding and what it means to be a rider. So, you know, the equitation is a meter 10, but I had to perfect it before I was ever allowed to move up to anything higher. Amazing. Yeah, so that's kind of my, um, where I started and how I kind of kept going up and up and up. And, you know, obviously the years go on, you get older and I was into high school and then I, did uh, I have a college diploma? I, I rode all through college. I stayed home. I didn't go away to university. I didn't live in residence or, you know, have that experience because I wanted to still ride full time and work. So I was working at the farm where I had my horses. 
And I, I was a, a full-time student, you know, a full-time employee at the farm and full-time rider at the time. I mean, this is again, early twenties. You can, you know, do as much as you can with what you have, but I was very busy girl. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. So what was that education path and thought process like for you? What did you get your uh, diploma in and was it always in the back of your mind that you wanted to pursue horses as a career? I kind of knew right away. Um, you know, my mom is a school teacher and she's very educational based and, you know, it's always nice to have your kids do post-secondary. So I'm not going to say it was forced, but it was highly recommended. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I really knew I wanted to be a writer. I did. I was born in the barn. I always wanted to be at the barn. I was, you know, never the girl that was out late at the parties. And, you know, I had to get up in the morning at six o'clock to be at the barn to show and to ride. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I knew, but I did go uh, to college to just, just in case, you know, mom says, you know what, just in case, go have something to fall back on. I do have a diploma in recreation and leisure services. Um, you know, it's just something to have. And I'm, and I definitely don't regret going. I'm really, really glad I went. Yeah. I mean, and it's even hard when you're that age and into horses <laughs> to decide what you're interested in, in school. <laughs> no, I had no idea. And honestly, it sounds like a bird diploma and it kind of was, it was basically like teaching, teaching how to play, teaching activities and, you know, yeah. you know, planning management and, you know, how to, how to run a recreational activity, how to program plan. So yeah, there were some great courses that I took that I learned lots about. It, it was quite easy for me because I had been doing this for so long, being in a recreational sport. Yeah. Um, but it was just something nice to do. And I said, okay, here's my diploma. Okay, back to the barn. <laughs> hmm. So then you finish that and you want to pursue horses. So what has the last, you know, that's like seven, eight years, right? Look like yeah, it's been a while. I feel old. <laughs> Not at all. Don't say that. <laughs> so I've been on my own running my own business. I'm in my third year myself. And for two years prior to that, I ran Kestrel Farms, which is Mark Hayes business. So I managed his farm. And then when that farm kind of transitioned out and closed down, I opened up my own place and took a lot of their customers that came with me that I had already been working with over there. So it was a really smooth transition and, and he's still very much involved and still helps me in basically everything that I do, customers, horses, sales, training, everything. He's kind of like my right-hand man. So that's really good that we've been able to continue that, but that's probably we're looking at five, at least the last five years Yeah, working for him and then now with him. Amazing. And so as far as, can you give me the high level business structure? What types of services do you offer? What does the clientele look like? Or like how many um, horses do you have in the barn? Like what is your role and, and how have you kind of built that business? 
So my role is pretty much everything. <laughs> I do everything for the farm. I manage my customers. I manage the horses. I hire staff. So I have girls that help me, of course. Um, I'm in charge of the feed program, the medication program, the blacksmith program, the veterinary care, all of that I organize. My the main thing that I focus on that I'm starting to realize that I can't do everything because I do like to micromanage things sometimes mm-hmm. is that I'm really trying to focus on just the riding. And that's what everybody wants to do, but everybody wants to do that right away. Does yeah. that make sense? Like everybody just wants to go to the barn and just ride, just ride, just ride. You know, the teenagers, the, you know, the people who are just customers, that's what they pay to do. That that's fine. But, you know, I'm at the point now where I need to focus strictly on the riding just because there's so much of it to do. Right. Where I now have to branch off and leave other people responsible for other things like feeding the horses, turning them out, mucking the stalls, you know, things like that, where I have to start relying on other people to help. And that's what like makes a good business. Yeah. Um, I do have a dozen right now. That's a good number. It's a good number. It's a perfect number. I've had upwards of 16 before, and I've felt a little bit exhausted um, just because again, with the more horses you have, the more help you need, the longer the days are, you know, it's great to have the, the more horses, the more business, but I feel like 12 is like my really happy, comfortable number right now, just for where I am personally. Yeah. And because you can optimize like each and every horse at that number. I think sometimes when we get into more, it becomes really hard to be a hundred percent invested in every single animal and person. And you just get spread more thin generally. Yeah, no, it's a lot. And they all, they all have their special little program and it's all individualized and it, it works. I like the number 12. I'm, I'm happy to go more. I'm happy to go less. It, you know, it's, it's the nature of the business. People come and go and you have to work with what's provided for you. Yeah. And so what is your day-to-day look like now with the focus on running? Like if you could, I know that it's very hard to pick a typical day, but if you could just walk everyone through what one of them kind of looks like for you, I know everyone is interested in hearing people's day-to-day schedules. Yeah. So I kind of, it's kind of different every day. You can never stick to a day plan and hope that, you know, this is the day and this is how exactly it's going to work out because I will tell you nine times out of 10, it will not. (laughs) You never know what will come in your day with horses. A show day is a lot different than a normal day. So I guess I'll start with a normal day, a normal day at the home farm. You know, you come in, you feed grain, you feed hay, you put the first group of horses outside. You know, a lot of my show horses are on like a two or three hour turnout. They don't like to be out very long. So there's a plan of who goes in what paddock for how long every day. Um, I have some great girls that help me do chores in the morning. So the stalls get mucked out, the barn gets swept, cobweb buckets clean, you know, everything's tidy, laundry goes in every day, just general barn chores that get through the morning. And then I usually start riding around nine. 
I'm usually on my first horse around nine and I just go through the list. Yeah. And you know, I, I generally tack up my own horses at home. You have to take the time, pick the feet out, brush them, give them all the time and the attention that they need, tack them up, ride them myself, warm them up, cool them out, put them away and, and get on with the next. You know, I, it's really hard for me to stop and eat lunch. I will say, I don't really, I'm not a big eater throughout the day just cause it's hard to get back on and ride after eating. I usually eat lunch at like three before I feed the horses dinner. <laughs> That's kind of my time to eat. Yeah. I, I'm riding, I'm riding about seven a day because customers come throughout the day and they ride their own horses. So it's not like I'm doing 12 a day. Um, and they're just on a rotation on, you know, who's doing what each day and what customers are coming each day and who, yeah. gets, who gets to go hacking today, who gets the big paddock today in the back. Like it's all just rotation schedule, but yeah, I'm, I'm riding most of the day. And then I help the girls bring in the horses at the end of the day. We do chores at the end of the day, feeding again, sweeping, tidying, and, you know, kind yeah. of wrap it up the show day on on the other hand is much different though yeah it's yeah. way different we start at the crack of dawn sometimes where our first alarms are like 4 45 5 a.m um i live on site at the horse shows so we're 10 steps away from the barn area we can hear them nickering when we're still in bed <laughs> 6 a.m we're doing ring rides lunging feeding mucking all that stuff is done before 8 a.m yeah you know what I mean like you have to have horses ready for classes at 8 a.m sometimes you need two to three hours in the morning just to get that ready yeah and, yeah. Then, there, and then there are days on you know the Wednesdays and the Thursdays that I will show 10 in a day yeah and it's a lot, but it's super, super fun. And I have a really great team who they help me get the horses to the ring ready and, and ready to win. Mm -hmm. And so um, as far as your training rides go and like your program, obviously you're sitting on the horses in your program so that you can be, you know, finger on the pulse and your training and your doing developing. And sometimes then obviously showing some of them or campaigning some of them or prepping some of them, whatever it is. Um, can you maybe give me like an example of like how you like to do your training rides? Just like for my interest, I think everybody is a little bit different and it always kind of is all over the map as to how many horses get done in a day in different barns. And I'm so interested in like, okay, how, how fast is that ride? What do you usually pick out? you know, and I, I know it's different for every horse, but maybe you can just give everyone an example. Um, and like, and what does that look like for you? Like, what are like the things that you always tend to come back to or the, the exercises that tend to just kind of like come up all the time, those types of things when you're doing like the training in the background? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't necessarily put like a specific time frame into yeah. a ride like I'm not like okay this one only gets 20 minutes like I will spend however much time with that horse that I think that I need in order to accomplish what I would like to accomplish does that make sense yeah um something that I do with all of my horses all the time in like their flat work is doing lots of transitions having your horse 
soft, supple. Straightness is huge for me and a lot of my horses. Being able to keep your horse straight. It sounds so basic, but a lot of people struggle with it. Just being able to ride in a straight line. Like it's not, it sounds so simple, but sometimes I get on these horses and I'm like, where are you going? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like stay here. (laughs) It's, it really like, it sounds crazy, but that's a huge one for me is being able to keep your horse in a straight line, especially with runners. Um, stride control. I do, I do tons and tons of that lengthening, shortening, you know, if you have no stride control and no rideability, what you shouldn't even be cantering to a jump. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I find a lot of horses, you know, they need that adjustability and they need that reminder that I'm in control. And if I ask you to weigh, you're going to weigh. And when I ask you to extend, I need a reaction. You can't be dull or behind. You know what I mean? Like, just repetition, repetition, repetition of all those things. Yeah. I love um, a specific exercise. Is that kind of what you wanted? I know like that was perfect as well. If you have anything for that, you like to use that you do like to come back to, like, I totally get that because I never have a plan in mind. It's really intuitive. I think, um, depending on what that horse needs that day and how quickly they're going to kind of relax into that. But I love the point about straightness. But I think that's not talked about all that often, like how actually important it is and how much it can be lacking sometimes. Um, so that's awesome. When you are coaching, is there anything that you feel make for like any kind of elements or characteristics or qualities of riders that you feel are really important in order to have a successful trip or you know, round or be a successful rider in general? Is this the competitive rider question that you mentioned? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, hang on, sorry. You can pause this probably. That's okay, yeah. The characteristics made for a competitive rider. That one? Yeah. Okay. Um, so definitely something that I like to see in my students is having good work ethic. Like it's huge. I have seen a lot of people want lots of lots of things without doing the work. Um, there's really no such thing as a working student anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different than it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, I want my students to have drive and ambition. They have to be athletic. So athleticism, Mm -hmm. it's a sport, right? Yeah. A lot of these people just, they're winded after one class trying to catch their breath. They can't breathe. They don't, you know what I mean? Like this is a sport. You have to be physically fit to do this. I want my students to have realistic goals So having a rider that has goals that are out of reach, I want all my students to have goals that are within reach. So they're not let down at the end of the day. I want my students to be in a good mental headspace when they're riding, never ride with anger or aggression. And I want all my students to love the sport at the end of the day, they have to love their animal and they have to love what they're doing. And if they don't, it will reflect in their results. Mm. Is that good? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I like it. 
It's like a little uh, motivational speech. <laughs> but well, I see some key points that are really good, like are yes. good for a competitive leader. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And like, um, okay, how do I touch on this without touching on it in, an, in a weird way? But I think one of the things that we haven't talked about all that much, like some, some episodes, um, obviously I've been shortening some of these, just try to try to get more people on, but fitness has been a, like a, an interesting subject. Riders, like athletes, especially like high level riders really talk about how important their fitness is to them and all of the things they do outside of riding to make sure that they're in the best shape possible they can be to perform on their horses. And like, as you mentioned, um, I just think it's an interesting dichotomy. You know, there, there's the, the rider that isn't necessarily as hands-on isn't necessarily riding as much like they they're being supported by obviously a professional who's doing a lot of the preparation work and you know some of the stuff back home and they're not um you know I think you mentioned you know sometimes people do a trip and they're winded and I think that that can really impact our horses and the way that we ride them as well and so for you personally what are some of your fitness practices obviously you're riding a lot of horses and I know as someone who does thing a lot of the times that makes me feel kind of exhausted by the end of the day and I don't necessarily want to always work out or do other activities but what do you do to stay you know in your best shape possible for performance and also how do you encourage your clients to do the same thing Oh, I encourage them all the time. <laughs> I do. Um, I'm very into fitness myself. I'm almost a gymaholic in my spare time. Um, where I find the energy, I don't know. <laughs> but it's part of the sport. And it's hard because at the end of the day, you're so tired. You, all you want to do is come home and have dinner and relax. And I'm the first one out the door at 7.30 to go to the gym and, and work out because I know I need to. And, yeah. I've been, and I've been that way since I was in high school. And it's, it's not even about like, oh, I'm doing it for riding. I'm like doing it as a lifestyle. Yeah. And, and I'm, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think that um, I like that you highlighted that point. And, and what was my question? Oh, so how, I think that it's honestly sometimes a mindset thing, because as you're saying, you're physically exhausted, but you know that you need to work out or, or kind of move your body in a different way, because I think essentially it energizes us in other ways and keeps us available to be, you know, like happy, healthy, and more energetically fit. It does. Right. So and you said this is something that you did like since you were younger. Yeah, I mean, it was actually, it was in 2015 and I got this really, really, really nice equitation horse and he was massive. He was 18 hands and I was like 110 pounds soaking wet. Oh God. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is what was given to me. I have to work with what I got. Like, how am I going to be able to ride this horse? I am tiny and he is huge. And it was a beautiful horse. And I was like, I don't want to blow this. Like, I need to do something. I need to make a change here. And I was like, get your ass to the gym and start getting stronger. You're never going to be able to ride this horse unless you can become physically stronger. And that's when I started going all the time. 
Yeah. It, it literally was riding that kickstarted my passion for fitness as well. And like I said, once you start, most people who can commit to things and see change and want to keep growing, they'll continue, you know, whatever it is they're doing, as long as they're enjoying it. And I was enjoying it. I was seeing results. I was making a difference. You know, I felt healthier. I was happier. You you know, yes, it can be exhausting, but I think the results are, are worth it at the end of the day. And like I said, it only benefited my riding and it still does to this day. Such a good point. Cause I think that that's what I was getting at is like having a why behind you know, like dragging your butt around at the end of the day when you're like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, but you have to want it. Exactly. You do. You have to want it like badly. Yeah. And I think there's not a lot of that these days. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like there's (laughs) me as a trainer. If you're one of my students listening to this, because I know you do, (laughs) I'm calling you guys out, but (laughs) But yeah, no, I, I just, uh, I don't want anyone to feel personally called out, but I'm always at them about how, you know, core strength transforms people as a rider and, and being committed to actually, you know, having the right muscle control and also the, the strength to do the things that we want to on our horses is so underrated. Um, so I, I didn't mean to stick onto that too long, but I just think something that hasn't come up recently and I wanted to share with everyone and I love that you shared you know your reasoning behind it and your motivation behind it so I appreciate that um and then what type you know have you ever dealt with feelings like nervousness anxiety um self-doubt and how have you navigated that if it's something that you've come across in your even your professional career or even just as a young writer Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everyone gets nervous once in a while. Everyone kind of gets those butterflies when they're on deck and they're next to go in the ring. Or even if you have anxiety about going for a lesson, like it doesn't matter what stage of riding you're in, you could see nervousness or anxiety in you know, any type of way. But I, my best advice would just be like, manage it best you can. Like for me, I take the biggest, deepest breath before I go into the ring when I'm nervous, because sometimes I hold my breath. Do you know what I mean? Um, So definitely breathing, definitely drinking lots of water and not having any distractions. Um, I'm hardly on my phone. Like my girls manage my day. I hardly look at my phone. They just tell me where I need to go and what to do. Don't look at your phone. Don't have any distractions. Focus on your job. Focus on your horse. Focus on your riding. Have a clear mind and trust yourself. Mm. Trust yourself. Trust your horse. And in the back of my head, and Mark always tells me as I go in the ring, he goes, get it done. (laughs) That's it. You just have to trust yourself. I know nerves are really hard to, to manage, but you know, you have a job to do, right? So yeah, and not to use that feeling as a crutch. No, like, embrace it. Sometimes, yeah. when I, sometimes when I'm a little nervous, it makes me ride a little better. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you need that under you a little bit. Mm, I love that. I love that reframe. Um, are there any challenges prevalent in the industry that you feel should be talked about more openly at all? Sorry, can you say that question again? Yeah. 
Um, this one was, are there any challenges prevalent in the industry that you feel should be talked about more often or more in the open? Hmm. Challenges. Um, I didn't really have a good one for this one, Jessica. I really kind of just thought more so about the work ethic in some, some riders. Yeah. And, you know, you really have to, you really have to work to be a rider. You can't just be a rider. You have to just keep working hard every day, keep showing up. And I don't think a lot of people are doing that anymore. And it's hard to find those kids that, you know, want to be the overachiever and, and want to do the most. I just, it's lacking these days in this generation, I find yeah that's a challenge for sure is finding those those types of riders yeah I I was having a conversation the other day with another professional um around kind of the same thing I mean it stemmed from um trying to hire barn help which evidently many people I guess are really struggling with I was, that was going to be my other one that I was going to mention. Yeah, so I like started with that and then we were just kind of chatting around like the lack of commitment or, um, you know, the lack of motivation. And I think all of that really wraps up into the work ethic. Um, it's just non-existent really. Yeah. Do you have any like inclination or opinion on why that is? Because I feel like you know, it's still something I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around, but I do feel it as well, you know, and I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly where it comes from. I have no idea where it comes from. You can get a 17 year old walk in and, you know, say, I want this and, yeah. you know, I won't show up unless I get this and this and this. And it's like, well, maybe you can get that in, you know, a month when you can show me that you can do all of these other things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky industry to work in. It really is. You really have to love it. If you don't love it, you're not in it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, it's a ch- it's a challenge in general. I think that um, like it's hard because I think in a way it's becoming it's still becoming. There's this time where all of a sudden, I think when our age group of people were growing up where all of a sudden it felt like the equestrian space became much more saturated and much more accessible and much more um, popular. I think like when I was growing up, it wasn't a thing for everyone to to go and ride. It was definitely something different and a little bit um, unique. And then it's gotten more popular, but then it also feels like in some ways it's, um, it's inaccessible to, to some and it's more accessible to others and it feels like sometimes it's becoming a little saturated with the people who may not have the same work ethic but may have the financial capacity to take it on and I don't know if that's where the challenge is coming from or the fact that you know it's just a completely different day and age and now I'm really feeling old <laughs> having this conversation um, yeah but, I agree yeah, it's just different. So is there any advice from your mentors or coaches that has stuck with you? Um, kind of, you know, we talked about when you go in the ring to get it done, but is there anything that you really hold near and dear to your heart or you remind yourself of often? 
keep showing up every day. There's days where you want to quit and you don't want to show up. Yeah. But you have to show up every day because it'll only get better. Um, take every opportunity that you possibly can that's available to you and that you can work into your schedule because you never know when you'll get another opportunity. Mm. And opportunities also lead to other opportunities. So that's a big one. Yeah, I like that. And is there any big goals that you have your site set on for the future? I wouldn't say I have like a really big goal, but just keep being happy. Just keep doing what you're doing and enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, then you can't do it. And, mm-hmm. and I, it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Ah, I love that. My- I'm happy. I'm happy. If you're happy, keep doing what you're doing and keep going. You know, if you're not happy, then you need to stop and reassess and reevaluate and, you know, make a change in order to make yourself happy. I'm happy in my business. I'm happy with my horses, my customers, my family. Like it's, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm loving what I'm doing. So just to keep moving forward with what I'm doing. And um, that's my goal is to stay happy. So good. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, um, and we haven't gotten that one yet (laughs) on the podcast. Everyone's like, well, you know, I did this, that, and this, but I'd really like to do this. And I always think to myself, you know, uh, as competitive people, sometimes we have a really difficult time being present and enjoying the moment. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm I'm a very realistic person sure and there's lots of I want to go to so-and-so's you know competition and win this class and do all that it's great but you have to be realistic and you know take baby steps don't take big steps yeah and I mean to your point if you're I love like following the feeling of happiness or following the feeling of, of like joy and excitement. And it's exactly what you're doing in your business and your life. And yeah, such a good point because sometimes we get on here and everyone's like, just keep showing up for the grind, even though you're on your deathbed, like, and, and people when they're there in that point of burnout, they they can't be enjoying themselves. So I love that you have this balance and I think anyone listening can really take away from that and kind of check themselves and make sure they're feeling that in their, their personal lives too. They're feeling happy and fulfilled with what they're doing and amazing. I really appreciate you taking the time to record this with me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Okay. That is everything for today's episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you reach out to Sarah or follow her on social media to see what she's up to and what she's doing and accomplishing. And this is the last chance probably that you have if you're interested in joining our clinic as a participant this weekend, October 16th. Please make sure you reach out to me, whether you're interested in bringing your horse or coming along and just joining as an auditor. I would absolutely love to have you there and meet you in person. I'm so, so excited. And I'm just really looking forward to this event. I hope you guys have an awesome week and I will see you next week.